Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today we'll be discussing the theory that Professor Albus Dumbledore, famed wizard and beloved headmaster of Hogwarts, was not actually a wizard at all, but death incarnate. If you're familiar with the final installment of the Harry Potter series, then you're likely well aware of the Deathly Hallows. After all, that final installment in both novel and film form is called the Deathly Hallows. But just to make sure that we're all on the same page, here's a quick recap of what the infamous Deathly Hallows are, where they came from, and what they stand for. The Deathly Hallows are three fabled magical artifacts, all of which are featured in a rather popular children's book within the wizarding world called The Tales of Beetle the Bard. Included in a collection of similar stories, the fable is known as the Tale of the Three Brothers, in which there are three clever wizards, all of whom are, you guessed it, brothers. As the story goes, in attempting to cross a dangerous river, the men used their magic to make it safely to the other side. Death, who was used to claiming the lives of those who tried to cross this particular river, was furious that the three brothers had not perished in their crossing. In an effort to try and take their souls at a later date, Death appeared before the men and pretended to congratulate them, offering them gifts of their choosing, all of which had the capacity to hold incredible powers. The eldest brother, an arrogant, power-hungry wizard, asked for a wand stronger than any other. That very same day, after using what would become known in legend as the Elder Wand to duel and defeat another wizard, the eldest brother happily fell asleep only to be murdered in the night, the wand stolen before dawn. The second brother, whose beloved had died not long before meeting death, asked for an item that could bring people back from the dead. Death granted him a stone, the resurrection stone, that was able to do just that, and the brother used it to bring his former beloved back to the world of the living. What the middle brother hadn't anticipated was how miserable his former lover would be in a world that she no longer belonged to. She was cold and separated from him by a veil, and so, instead of continuing to suffer in this world without her in her material form, he took his own life and joined her in death. The youngest brother was a much humbler man than his older brothers, and did not seek an additional way to best death. Instead, he asked for a way to hide from death, so that he could live out the rest of his life peacefully. To fulfill this request, death reluctantly gave the youngest brother the most powerful cloak of invisibility ever known to exist. 
one that even death couldn't see through. And so, as the story goes, the two older brothers lost their lives to death soon after crossing the river in which they had first bested him. But the youngest brother lived out a long and happy life, eventually taking the cloak off to greet death as an old friend, and passing the invisibility cloak onto his son. Of course, this is just a fable, and I'm sure the author took liberties in the way in which he told the story. But there has been substantial proof to support that the tale of the three brothers was based on real wizards. In fact, Harry, Ron, and Hermione themselves uncovered the long history of who the brothers may have been and whether or not the magical artifacts were real. During their hunt for Voldemort's Horcruxes in what would have been their final year at Hogwarts, the trio discovered that the Peveril brothers, Antioch, Cadmus, and Ignotus, were likely the inspiration behind the tale. Not long after, they also discovered that one of the Dark Lord's Horcruxes was actually the Resurrection Stone. They even learned that Albus Dumbledore had knowingly been in possession of the Elder Wand for some time as well. Not to mention the fact that Harry came into possession of one of the Deathly Hallows himself at the mere age of 11, the Invisibility Cloak. This leads us to the question of, if the brothers were real, what about death? While it may seem rather unlikely that three wizards actually came up against death incarnate, stranger things have happened in the wizarding world of Harry Potter. So who was death? What did he look like? Where did he go? Is he still around toying with muggles and wizards alike? To me, these seem like reasonable questions, considering what we know so far. Yet, if you were to have asked wise old Professor Albus Dumbledore, as Harry did, he likely would have told you what he told Harry. I think it more likely that the Peveril brothers were simply gifted, dangerous wizards who succeeded in creating those powerful objects. In other words, according to Dumbledore, death was not a person, but simply a concept designed by the author of the tale of the three brothers to make an exciting narrative. But wouldn't that be a convenient thing to say for someone who perhaps knew more than they were letting on and didn't want anyone to know the truth? For what if Professor Albus Dumbledore was death? In many tales, death with a capital D is not an actual human being, but a concept or force in the world that rules over and thrives on the death of people. In the tale of the three brothers, however, he is the personification of death. He is recognizable to the wizards as death incarnate and answers to the name by which he is known. So wouldn't that mean that if death took on a physical form, he would be recognizable as death? I don't necessarily think so. What if over the centuries he chose to be a little more discreet? This would make sense since when he met the Peveril brothers, it was the 13th century and all things mystical and magic were a little more out in the open. But by the time the 20th century rolled around, the International Statute of Secrecy had been in effect for about 300 years. And if death was an actual presence in the world that can take on a physical form and communicate with the living, I would imagine that as time went on, he would have found that he needed to be a little more careful. I personally think that over the centuries, death would have met with mortals in many different forms. Of course, at first, he started off in his true material form as death incarnate, as the Peveril brothers met him. But as time went on and he had to be more discreet, he started to change his appearance in order to not become a target of both Muggle society and the wizarding world. In the late 1880s, what if he decided to wreak havoc by entering the world as a member of the Dumbledore family, assuming the form of one Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore? 
As Albus, he was given the opportunity to toy with the imaginings of a young, power-hungry Gellert Grindelwald, fueling his ambitions for total control of the wizarding world and leading him to the idea of the three fabled gifts that he, as death, had once bestowed upon the Peveril brothers. And if Grindelwald had been successful in his attempts to take over muggles and magical society, imagine just how much death there would have been on Gellert's way to glory. As it were, there was already so much death at the hands of Grindelwald in his attempt to rise to power. What a victory for death himself. And how could we forget how Dumbledore set up our boy, Harry, for sacrificial slaughter at the hands of Voldemort? For years, he helped mentor him in order to send him off to die at the hands of the darkest wizard the world had seen since Grindelwald. Isn't it interesting that Dumbledore seemed to be at the center of both Grindelwald and Voldemort's ascents to power? Not to mention that Albus Dumbledore was the one who gave Harry the invisibility cloak, just as he did with Ignotus Peveril centuries beforehand. Now, if you're thinking that this all seems a bit elaborate and twisted, consider the fact that death has been taking lives since the beginning of time. It stands to reason that over the millennia, he's gotten a bit bored. This is clearly showcased in his overly complex plan to take the lives of the Peveril brothers. Why would death trick them into thinking they had defeated him and to give them gifts that would be their eventual demise, at least in the case of the two older brothers, if he very likely could have just killed them on the spot. I think he did this for the exact same reason that he decided to embody a wizard for over a century and to bring about death in extravagant and elaborate ways. He wanted a challenge. Another piece of evidence that supports this theory is the presence of three wizards in Dumbledore's life during the latter half of the 20th century that seemed to mirror the three Peveril brothers. That is, wouldn't it make sense if death continuously recreated situations in which the players represented similar things to him, even if by accident? The similarities that I'm referencing here are between Lord Voldemort and the eldest Peveril brother, Antioch, Severus Snape and Cadmus Peveril, the middle brother, and Harry Potter and the youngest brother, Ignotus. A theory all unto its own, these similarities are actually quite striking with the Dark Lord and Antioch both being obsessed by the idea of power and wanting to overcome death. It's also interesting to note that they both held the Elder Wand at some point within their lives. Snape and Cadmus, on the other hand, were both consumed by the loss of the woman they loved. For Snape, it was Lily Evans, Harry's mum, and for Cadmus, it was his deceased fiance. In both instances, these two men allowed their emotions to dictate how they lived and died. Finally, there's Harry and Ignotus. This comparison is really quite simple, especially since Harry is presumably the ancestor of Ignotus Peveril, and they both owned the invisibility cloak and overcame the pursuit of death. Ignotus did so by using the cloak to hide from death, while Harry did so by offering himself up to die, only to survive the killing curse for the second time in his life. Not to mention the fact that Dumbledore had a part in the deaths of both Voldemort and Snape, just as death did with Antioch and Cadmus. And with that, we've come to the end of another video. What did you think? Do you agree that Albus Dumbledore could have actually been death himself? Please share your thoughts in the comments below, and as always, if you enjoyed this video, don't forget to like it and subscribe to the channel. Also, be sure to check out the content on Spotify, as well as extra content on my second channel, Harry Potter Theory Extra. Until next time, remember, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live.